Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about elections. Again. Sun, sand and snap elections are the order of the day this summer. On July 23rd, Spain goes to the polls less than two months after local elections, in which Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez's Socialist Party took a bit of a bruising. It's all to play for, with polls showing the top two parties, the Socialists and the People's Party, neck and neck. For the first time since Franco and the return of democracy, a far-right party, in the form of Vox, could form part of a coalition government. On the left, Sumar hoped to continue where Podemos left off as the junior party in a coalition with the Socialists. And after a term where Spain's minority government relied on votes from the likes of Esquerra to govern, pro-independence parties in Catalonia will be hoping to maximise their representation and influence over the next four years. Gifre Jordan is here with me. Hi, Gifre. Hi, Lorcan. Here we go again. Yes, yes, election again. Wow. It, it seems like only two months we were here sitting chatting about the local elections. Yeah, what because it was. <laughs> exactly, it was, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insane, insane. But why not in the middle of the summer? <laughs> with, you know, it's nice to have something to talk about. So, I mean, the local elections are basically the results of them is, is why Pedro Sanchez has called this general election, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So they lost some... Uh, very important mayors, mayorships, and some uh, regional governments too. There was some regional election too in some regions in Spain, not in Catalonia. Anyway, the socialists are going steadily down in the polls. You know, local election was like a wake-up call for them probably. Mm. And although the Spanish election should have been called for November or December, they decided better doing do it now. Uh, before waiting for them to drop in the polls even more. Okay, so they've shifted it forward, what, about six months early, they've called this election. And as you said, it's at the end of July, which, uh, I mean, it's going to be quite weird, people going to the poll. I mean, people are normally on the beach, on holiday, out of the country. Exactly, it's unprecedented, absolutely unprecedented. I mean, there was an election in 2016 in June, but even that, it's like yeah. July is different, isn't it? July and late July, in <laughs> late this case, July. it's late July, it's literally... In the middle of the summer, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's literally August would have been even worse, probably. <laughs> but I mean, 23rd of July, oof, that's that's very risky. Yeah. And we'll see some impact on turnout. I'm, I'm pretty sure turnout will be we'll lower be than, yeah. than, than average. Only Spanish nationals can vote. So uh, no vote for me this time around. No, no vote. Uh, you were able to vote in the local uh, yes. election, uh, not in the Spanish election. It's very straightforward. If you don't have the Spanish passport, you are not going to be able to vote. You're not going to be in the list. Okay, so and what are people voting for then? So it's very important for people to know that this is not a presidential election. This is a parliamentary election. What's the difference? Well, we're not not voting for who the prime minister will be or the president will be, let's say. We're just voting for our MPs, for Mm -hmm. our representatives in Congress and in the Senate, the lower and upper house of the Spanish Parliament. 350 seats in Congress. So it's a, a PR system, a proportional representation, a closed list system, it calls, which basically means that parties for each constituency, uh, parties have a list of candidates and you vote for that party of your choice. And, uh, you know, if they get six candidates, then it'll be the first six names on that list. Exactly. So you're not choosing an individual, basically, no, for Congress. Can't. Not in Congress. I forgot to say that it's important for you know, our listeners to know that while we are electing our MPs, our representatives, 
they will be the ones in Congress to find consensus to appoint a prime minister. So in an indirect way, we are mm. electing uh, a prime minister. Parties need to gain at least 3% of votes cast in a particular constituency in order to have the possibility of gaining a seat. Uh, to give you an idea then, in Catalonia, there are four constituencies corresponding to four provinces. So we've got Barcelona, which is the biggest, with 32 seats. Uh, and then we've got Girona and Tarragona, which have six seats each, and Lleida, which has four. So in total, 48 MPs Catalonia are going to elect out of the 350 member chamber. Yeah, so it's it's a relevant number. So it's you know uh, this forty eight MPs uh, usually have a, a, a big influence in in Spanish politics. Also important to know that when a party wins in a constituency, they don't get all the seats. Like the thirty two seats in Barcelona, they don't get the hundred percent of seats. Okay. So if they got twenty percent of votes, they will get more or less twenty percent of this thirty two seats. They do some complicated maths, which is the the haunt method to work out how, how it's all divided. It's but impossible to explain this in an interesting way in a podcast. <laughs> and we're not going to do it. <laughs> okay, the important thing is the number of MPs elected per constituency matches the vote share more or less. Exactly. So who's who? I've mentioned some of the parties already. We've got the socialists to start. Exactly, with Pedro Sánchez, the, the incumbent prime minister who wants to be re-elected. So socialists by name, not exactly socialists by nature, but on the left of the spectrum. Yeah, they are social democrats, we can say. So they are not hoping to have a majority. They're not going to get an absolute majority. But what they want is to have enough seats to reach some deals with all the, with other left-wing parties and stay in power. They're currently in government with another party to the left of them, Unidas Podemos. This time around, the equivalent party, if you like, which is a coalition of lots of smaller parties, uh, is called Sumar. Exactly. So they'll be hoping to see the same success that they had in the last election in terms of maybe entering government again. Exactly. Some some of our listeners might have heard about Pablo Iglesias, the, the candidate of uh, Unidas Podemos four years ago. Now it's Yolanda Diaz. She's like the main candidate of this kind of anti-austerity, far-left coalition, Sumar, let's say. And yeah, they hope to be the junior partner of uh, the socialists. Yeah, we'll talk later about the polls. It's not that clear, but we'll see. The other person who's hoping to end up as prime minister is Fejó from the People's Party. Yeah, Alberto Núñez Fejó may have a chance to to be uh, prime minister. Four years ago, we had... Uh, Pablo Casado, remember the People's Party is like the typical conservative party that's like the mainstream right-wing party, basically. Uh, in, in terms of Catalonia, we haven't talked much about uh, Catalonia for the left, but right-wing parties, especially the People's Party, they are hardliners against independence. Not that the socialists and some are hard independents either, but they've got a milder stance against. The People's Party has like a very hardliner stance. One of the big stories could be Vox. This is far-right party. They've done well in local elections, in regional elections, and they came third in the Spanish general elections last time around. But they've never entered into government in Spain. That could change. Exactly. Uh, they've got the same face as, as the frontrunner, Santiago Abascal, and they hope to stay in third place, and they also hope to have enough seats to garner a majority as a junior partner with the People's Party. 
So those four parties that we mentioned are going to end up as the top four parties across Spain. There are parties that are only standing in Catalonia, for example, which, you know, will take a significant amount of seats here. Pro-independence parties, Esquerra Republicana, Junts and CUP. CUP's kind of, will they gain a seat or not? I think they had two last time out. So similarly, in places like the Basque Country, Galicia, you'll also get parties that, okay, they might not win that many seats on the grand scheme of things, but they, as we'll hear later, they can still play a key role. Exactly. And two more things. Uh, Ciudadanos, some some of you might remember this party, this unionist liberal party. Uh, they are not running in this election, so they've been plummeting in all the elections. They finally <laughs> said no more. Exactly. So far, they still exist, but well, we'll see. And we also have PDCAT. They are like very mild, mildly pro-independence party from Catalonia. They have some seats from the 2019 election and they still want to, to have some representation. Well, as I said, parties with fewer seats can play a crucial role in Congress, as witnessed in the last term. A lot has happened in the last four years, as Gerard and Emma have been reminiscing about. Looking back to November 2019, we didn't even know what COVID was. Yes, Spain had its first coalition government since democracy was restored, and in Catalonia there were riots over the verdict of the independent referendum trial. Oh yeah, the riots. They feel very far away now. That's true, but the day after the Spanish election was one of their peaks. Hundreds of people blocked Catalonia's main highway at the French border for two days. Outrage and nine political leaders being convicted to a decade in jail for holding an independent referendum. But it all died down soon afterwards, right? Yes, their motto was Spain, sit and talk. And after some back and forth, that happened. In early February 2020, Pedro Sánchez and the then-Catalan president, Kim Torra, met in Barcelona to tackle the independence issue. A few weeks later, the cabinets held a bilateral meeting in Madrid. Those talks in early 2020 were the outcome of a deal between the socialist and left-wing pro-independence Esquerra. Right, the socialists had struck a deal with the anti-austerity Unidas Podemos party to form a coalition government. But what actually enabled Pedro Sánchez to be sworn in again as prime minister were abstentions from Esquerra and the Basque pro-independence party E.H. Bildu. The Catalan party agreed to abstain in exchange for launching the talks. And actually, Asquera has backed the socialists when they most badly needed it throughout this term. And then the pandemic came. It certainly did. Sánchez enforced a state of alarm on March 14, 2020, which lasted three months, calling a lockdown, taking over all key services in Catalonia, closing shops, schools, restaurants, museums and other cultural venues. In October, the Catalan government brought in a curfew. Measures were reintroduced in early 2021. And then in early 2022, with Omicron. Crazy times, yes. There is a consensus the vaccine rollout went well in both Catalonia and across Spain, but also that benefit payments for temporary layoffs were chaotic. Sanchez's cabinet faced issues finding support for a new state of alarm. He managed to get it through Congress, but the Constitutional Court later said the measure had gone beyond the legal framework. Despite everything, by mid-2021, we were almost back to business as usual. And for politics here, that means the Catalonia-Spain issue. Indeed, shortly after the new Catalan government was formed under Pere Aragonés, Pedro Sánchez announced pardons for the nine jailed independence leaders. These partial pardons were enough for them to leave jail, but they were also prevented from running in an election for a decade. That was a clear sign of a thaw between the Spanish and Catalan administrations. 
Yes, and the Aragonese and Sanchez cabinets have held two meetings. And here's where the criminal code reform comes in, right? Yes, on January 12 this year, changes came into effect, which included scrapping the crime of sedition, the crime for which nine independence leaders were jailed. This, together with some tweaks to the misuse of funds crime, forced the Supreme Court to lift the bans from public office for five of the individuals. Also, prison charges were dropped for two politicians still in exile, but not for all of them. So there is a thaw, but what about Catalan Gate? It's true that in April 2022, an investigation revealed that 65 figures linked to the independence movement had been spied on, most likely by Spain, using Pegasus software. Sánchez sacked his head of intelligence, but a lot of questions about it remain up in the air and relations between administrations soared for a while. And what about the socialist relationship with their junior partner Unidas Podemos? Has it worked? It has probably worked better than expected. There have not been any major crises, and the shared cabinet has remained quite strong throughout, including after Podemos leader Pablo Iglesias quit politics in May 2021. The biggest issue has been the sexual consent law. Brought forward by Podemos, it had an undesired effect, the reduction of sentences for many offenders. The socialists then decided to amend it, but found no consensus with their coalition partners, and instead gained support from the main opposition force, the People's Party. And of course, this term has also been marked by the war in Ukraine. Yes, inflation skyrocketed to over 10%, electricity bills increased sharply, as did fuel prices, and the fall in unemployment stopped. Some of the measures Sanchez put forward included free commuter trains and general discounts for public transport and fuel, as well as VAT reduction on basic goods and electricity. Well, these four years have been quite a ride. Time to decide who to vote for. Oh wait, elections are on July 23rd. I'm on holidays, I better get a mail-in vote. Thanks to Emma and Gerard for that. Hopefully no pandemics break out during the next term, Gifrey. No, please. <laughs> uh, what might the outcome be after this election? Well, you know, there are, I'd say, two reasonable outcomes, let's say. On the one hand, the People's Party and Vox, so the right-wing bloc, have enough seats uh, for a majority. In this event, you know, Alberto Núñez Feijó, the candidate for the People's Party, would probably be the prime minister and Vox, the far right, as as we said before, they may demand in exchange to be inside the government. I mean, we should say that the Conservatives, the, the People's Party, haven't explicitly said that they would go into coalition with Vox, but evidence suggests... They, they have no alternative yeah. if, if they want... So if they don't have a majority themselves, which, I mean, none of the polls say that, they will need someone else. And who can, you know... Uh, lend them 20, 30 or 40 uh, MPs, which could be the the amount of MPs Mm. they need. Vox is the only party reasonably that would do that. And they have gone into coalition in regional governments as well, including after the most recent election. And the other scenario could be the People's Party winning the election anyway. I, I don't really think the socialists will win the election. I think in any case it would be the People's Party winning the election. But with not enough seats, adding uh, the People's Party plus Vox, to get a majority. Which means that the left-wing bloc could have a chance, you know, if they reach consensus between the Socialist Party and Sumar, like now more or less, plus some extra support uh, from the opposition of 
very regional or pro-independent or small parties such as Esquerra, Junts, Bildu, which is like a left-wing pro-independence Basque party. Also PNV, they usually want are, are, and are willing to, to play a role in Spain's governance. That's the Basque National Party. Exactly, right-wing, but still not friends with Vox because Vox is like anti-nationalist party. So all these small parties could have a chance to... You know, to, to be the king bankers. So 176 seats needed for a majority. Uh, very unlikely, as you said, that any party gets anywhere close to that. Even two parties combined, it's looking, you know, touch and go. Looking at the polls then, uh, a recent one from the CIS, which is a Spanish government-funded polling and research institute. That may influence the figures. Wild, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is a poll published on just on Wednesday, July the 5th, and that has... The People's Party as the biggest party, uh, with 31.4% of the vote, and the Socialists just 0.2% behind, so very tight. Absolutely. So the People's Party and Vox would not uh, get a majority, and the Socialists and Sumar, the left-wing bloc, would not get a majority either, but uh, they would be closer than the right-wingers. Probably the left-wing uh, bloc would have more chances to, to, to stay in government. The CIS poll is a bit of an outlier if you look at all the polls. Most polls are showing the PP as the biggest party by a little bit more of a distance and on the verge of gaining a majority along with Fox. And actually, well. a lot of polls are saying that the People's Party and Fox will get a majority. Mm. So, Looking at Catalonia specifically then, uh, that same poll has the Socialists storming ahead, winning 18 to 22 uh, seats and coming first in all four constituencies. Like to put it in the context, last time around they won twelve seats. They came second uh, behind Esquerra. Esquerra won thirteen seats last time round, and uh, this particular poll has them dropping to five or seven. But then looking at another poll, Gifre this time the CEO poll, which is a Catalan government-funded body that also does research, the results are quite different. Yeah, the socialists would still come first between 16 and 18 seats out of the 48 in Catalonia, the 48 that's stake in Catalonia. Esquerra would come second with 8 to 10, June's third from seven between 7 to 9. The People's Party would go up. They got two in the past election. They would get six to eight. So quite a big jump for them in terms of, you absolutely, know, absolutely. So tra treble or quadruple the representation yeah. here in Catalonia. Their vote share across Spain will go up. Uh, that's that's pretty clear. You know, some people will say, wow, the socialists are winning by landslide here in Catalonia. This same poll also offered some estimation on what would happen if a Catalan and not Spanish election would be held this weekend, let's say. Well, the results were a bit different because the socialists and Esquerra were tight in first place. Is this a mistake? No, it's not a mistake. That means, again, as usual, some people may not know, but uh, the behavior of voters in the Catalan and Spanish election in Catalonia is completely different. So you might have basically pro-independence voters, say, uh, voting tactically for the socialists in the Spanish election? Yes, that's what in Catalan we say, but util, tactical voting or useful, useful vote, vote, let's say. <laughs> so some pro-independence people saying, look, I don't want the right-wing anti-independence party, so instead of voting a pro-independence party, I will vote for the main party in Spain that has will... a chance of gaining the, the prime minister exactly. position. If we do end up with a People's Party Vox coalition in Madrid, what do you think the impact might be in Catalonia? 
well, it, it will have an impact because they will probably actively put forward policies against independence campaigners, let's say. For instance, they may want to introduce further introduce Spanish in Catalan classrooms. So remember that the teaching language or the main teaching language in all schools of Catalonia is Catalan, but some people say that Spanish should have like a higher amount of hours or or something like that. So the People's Party and Vox may put forward a new education law in order to grant that. Which would be complicated because obviously education is devolve, a devolved power. So the, the Catalan there government would, would have, clash. Have, have their say in that as well. There would be an absolute clash, that's for sure. Uh, some other demands of Catalonia, typical demands like seeing the train network, the commuter train network powers devolved to Catalonia with the People's Party and Vox. This probably will not happen at all because they are not uh, very fond of devolving any power. Another big, big uh, issue that will happen if the People's Party and Vox govern is that this talks between Catalan and Spanish uh, administrations will come to an end, probably, you know, so these talks will not happen. So, you know, and this climate of calm that we have now in all the independence issue may end, you know, and everything may be reignited again. And speaking of things that could happen... We've had two elections so far this year. Might there be a third? Uh, <laughs> that's, well, I don't know if you are talking about a Catalan election. <laughs> well, I was thinking of, you know, what yeah, happens if, if, yeah. if, 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 you know, it's can we get a completely hung parliament and no one is able to garner enough support to become prime minister? Exactly. On the one hand, just a brief clarification, Catalan election is due for February 2025. And as for what you were saying... Imagine that the People's Party and Vox do not get a majority and the left-wing bloc need absolutely all the small parties in order to garner a majority. I think that's very difficult, yeah. very difficult. For instance, I don't see the coup, you know, a far-left independence Catalan party to vote for a Spanish prime minister, whoever it is. You know, yeah. If there's no majority, we will go indeed to a second election. Uh, not in 2023, I think it'd be, it'd be in early 2024, but this wouldn't be strange because it happened in the two last terms, in the 2019 term and in the 2015 term. So we've been repeating elections in the past two terms. So who knows? Might see you back here. Oh yeah, it'd be a pleasure, it'd be a pleasure. Time now for our Catalan phrase. What's it this week, Gifrey? Tu caldos. To, to touch the two. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make much sense in English, but here we go. What, what does it mean? Yeah, to touch the two. To caldos means to leave or even to flee, let's say. Right. So I can say that if uh, Pedro Sánchez, the Spanish prime minister, loses this election, he's going to have to touch the doors. To touch the door. Touch the two or to caldos, exactly. To caldos. And that's us for today. Thanks for joining me, Gifre. Yeah, pleasure, Lorcan. And uh, I said, well, we might see you back here for the next election, which we might, but actually we're not going to hear you on too many podcasts from now on because you're moving on from Catalan News. 
not going too far. No, I'm just going two desks away, <laughs> but I'm going to another department. So I'm very, I'm very happy to say that I'm going to be head of data journalism at the Catalan News Agency, the Catalan-speaking part of the business. Well, we'll miss you very much here at Catalan News and on Filling the Sink. Thanks from all of us, and thanks for getting this podcast up and running as well. Yeah, I was going to say, so I think that's part of my time as, as head of Catalan News. I think that's part of the legacy that, that I'm going to leave somehow. Uh, I think that's probably the most rewarding uh, product that we do at Catalan News. That's a very nice project. Uh, that we've done, not me, like I've contributed like uh, some other people, including you, Lorcan, from day one. And I think that's a, that's a beautiful project and we are very happy. And I'm, personally, I'm very happy about the feedback that sometimes we've received from our listeners who are like very enthusiastic and about this very unique podcast at the end of the day, the, the English-speaking podcast on Catalonia. That's, you know, I feel really comforted to see that I'm going, but the podcast is staying. Well, I hope you keep listening. Uh, now and then, I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> well, thanks very much to you for listening today as well. We're back again next Saturday, as always, with another episode of Filling the Sink. Until then, from me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adeu.